GameCube is Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is Cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tiers. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters for the month of December. I Rebel, Dan Wagner, Jed Winters, Christopher Valenz, Joey Sirico, Resident Evil Collector, Tristan Pantorato, and Wilshire. The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Mike, I think the older that we get, the more and more that uh, you and I both associate with George Costanza, a character that when we were kids, when we first got into Seinfeld, uh, we didn't really understand fully. We watched Seinfeld mainly for Kramer because he was like the slapstick, you know, clown basically of the show. But the older that I get, at least, the more I just feel like George, especially when he's at the office, like just George's work ethic is just so relatable for me. Yeah, he's definitely like the Squidward of the show almost, mm-hmm. right? You know, as you get older, you start to realize that it's SpongeBob and Patrick who are the people who are actually annoying you in your daily lives. Yes. And uh, and I find that with George. Uh, I've, of course, been watching Seinfeld as I do every year, but especially more this year because it's on Netflix now and yes. just so accessible. The accessibility is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found myself watching an episode where George is – uh, talking to Brian Cranston, who plays Dr. Tim Watley. Of course. And he's just asking him about uh, what, you know, is it normal for your teeth to make sounds like chips or, uh, <laughs> or like bird sounds or something? And uh, and then Jerry kind of looks at him and he's like, fine, I'll book an appointment. And I almost feel the same way <laughs> and stuff like that. It's almost like this weird social faux pas to ask your friends who are uh, lawyers or doctors or, or, or any like any like skilled profession, I guess, mm. uh, for advice. It's almost like, oh, now I feel like I the need to like pay them and yeah. Go for a consult or something. It's it's that weird society societal rule that uh, that I hate. <laughs> I definitely I definitely like to ask friends who if like if I have a question for you about any sort of logos or marketing or website design, I, I throw you things all the time, and I don't feel yeah, the need yeah. to to bill to get a bill from you or anything. Uh, I guess when it's a friend of a friend, it's a little bit different. <laughs> I guess Tim Watley's not even really a friend. He's an enemy. He's an enemy of the pod. He's an enemy of Seinfeld for sure. <laughs> Brian Cranston, of course. Off. Oh. Dude, Seinfeld is so good. This this is that was a huge highlight of 2021 for me was Seinfeld coming to Netflix. Very dangerous, oh, yeah. very dangerous. I I like to have it on in the background. I listen to it like it's a podcast sometimes and Oh, because you know it cuz you can picture it. Yeah, yeah, and it, it really does work <laughs> as a podcast. It. It's funny. Like my girlfriend's like you're listening to Seinfeld and I'm like just the dialogue alone is is worth the ticket uh to entry. Uh, I love listening to podcasts, of course. We own or we have a podcast and I like to uh, have podcasts on when I'm driving at work and something that I saw at work the other day and it got me thinking I started laughing because I saw I drove past this fire truck uh, Toronto City fire truck and it was decorated for Christmas like it had a whole bunch of like it had like a wreath on it that said Merry Christmas uh, on the front you know how, like some people put things on the front of their car yeah, like, like the, the the red nose on the front yeah reindeer antlers on the the side yeah. view mirrors I just for some reason had this image in my mind of this fire truck showing up to this burning <laughs> building with like just Christmas stuff decked out because they can go to some pretty gruesome areas like uh, like some scenes where like you know some people might be hurt or injured or or worse in worst cases like cars could be on fire houses can be on fire and just like Merry Christmas on their truck i just think it's just such a funny disparity i don't know why that they're even allowed to do that i didn't know that i didn't know that service vehicles could decorate them their their trucks like that like you're not an ice cream truck like you're going to help people (laughs) 
<laughs> what if the wreath goes on fire? Right? That's on fire. <laughs> oh, God, the fire truck's on fire again. <laughs> it just got me thinking, like, in a video game when, like, you're in a very serious cutscene, but your character is, like, kind of decked out in really weird gear because you uh, you <laughs> yeah. gave them some weird... Uh... Me for everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly like that. I thought it was something something akin to a video game, but... Just a weird observation that I had this week while I was out driving for work. Sure. And while you were driving for work, I'm sure you were listening to some Spotify. And of course, uh, mm. this time of year is Spotify rap time. We're getting rid of Christmas. Christmas is dead. It's Spotify <laughs> wrapped. The, the corporations are taking over now. Yep. And we're going to make this holiday only about commercialism now. Mm. Uh, uh, finally. Good. Uh, we've, we've been striving for it for about 2,000 years now. So <laughs> we're, we're finally there. And um, it's Spotify wrap day. Mm-hmm. And we got our Spotify wrapped. And you know what? I wasn't that embarrassed this year oh that's good i was definitely more embarrassed this year than past years so uh, okay yeah. I, I think it'll be fun for you and i now to go through uh, a couple of stats from our spotify wrapped uh we each have our sure. own spotify accounts we each have our own taste in music and songs and podcasts and genres of music so i'll let you go first mike what were your top five bands of 2021 uh that's a great question neil um i'm just gonna look for it for a second because i lost it uh and now it's back my top five bands were Jimmy Eat World. Uh, love love uh, some Jimmy Eat World, of course. Were they Bo number Burnham. one? Yeah, Sorry. yeah, they were number one. Uh, Bo Burnham, I thought, was going to be number one because I played mm. inside the, the yeah. album constantly. Uh, but sure. I think it doesn't count offline plays all the time. So I think that might mm. be why. Okay. Um, uh, and then we also had Billy Talent. We had some Father oh. John Misty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the Tally Hall, who I discovered last year. But uh, it was good to see Billy Talent... Wow. Back up there after about a 15-year hiatus of being in my top <laughs> played artists. What what album got you back into them? Is there Because they don't have their new album out yet. Are you listening to like 1 and 2 mostly or some of the newer stuff? Yeah, 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah. Just just, okay. just, re- just getting that nostalgia fix as you do. And of course, mm-hmm. they do have some new songs out. So that kind of led me on that nostalgia trip. And, um, nice. and yeah, Dirty Nil also is an honorable mention. I listened to them a lot. I listened to 36,000 minutes of music also. Uh, wow. This year, which uh, I think is is around my average. I think I usually listen to around 30,000. I know you listen to a bit more, though. Quite a bit more, yeah. My total listening minutes was 60,595 minutes, which is slightly more than 1,000 hours of uh, of Spotify. Now, <laughs> I have to give a huge shout-out to the podcast that I listen to the most, which is actually, believe it or not, a PlayStation podcast. Uh, wow. Called... <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. I, I listen to a PlayStation podcast every week, uh, Sacred Symbols. See, it's kind of cheating because every episode for that show is two to three hours long. Mm. So once a week, I'm automatically listening to almost 180 minutes of this one podcast. So that's where I rack up a lot of the time. But apparently, I'm in the top 6% of Canadians who listen to Spotify having that many hours, which is nice. awesome. <laughs> uh, I'd love, love to get that higher next year. Uh, my number one... See, this is where the embarrassment started to come in because mm. uh, my number one band of the year was the Mighty Mighty Boss Stones, which I'm not embarrassed about at all. I'm no, actually in the top... We're that proud. Oh, God, so proud. I'm actually in the top 0.05% yeah, of Mighty sense. Mighty Boston. That's cr- I did not know I listened to them that much. There's, but, no, it's it's more that you listen to them more than everyone else. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's where I it's guess at. That's true. You and our friend true. of the show, John. Yeah, yeah, we're huge Boston's fans. I love those guys. They came out with a new album this year, which I really love. Uh, Mike and I are going to go through the 2021 highlights uh, in a couple of weeks, which will be a lot of fun. This is where the embarrassment came in. I really mm. liked the pop punk album that came out this year by Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. And I listen to it a lot, like especially when I'm running, when I'm working out. Uh, yeah. It's a really good pop punk album. And I knew nothing about Machine Gun Kelly. I'd heard of him. Uh, I had no idea what kind of music he made. Apparently, he's more like a 
a trap artist, I think, or something. He doesn't actually do pop punk traditionally, but mm-hmm. he put out an album with Travis Barker in 2021, I believe, and it's really good. Only later on did I find out that apparently he's not a very well-liked artist. Uh, he's kind of easy to make fun of. He's, in, especially in the pop punk community, like he's a bit of uh, an intruder, if you will. <laughs> he's an intruder. That's really funny. <laughs> Like, everyone loves, like, Tom DeLonge and all these old guys, like, Newfound Glory and Simple Plan, but Machine Gun Kelly is not allowed in the club, basically. Uh, <laughs> going right into my number three, Simple Plan. Gotta have them in there, obviously. Uh, number four, Blink-182. Those are just two bands that I listened to on repeat since I was, like, 10 years old. Yeah. And then Passenger, the uh, folk artist from England. Uh, I'm a big fan of listening to him, especially at night when I'm chilling, when I'm just hanging out. Uh, he was my number one artist in 2020, so he's dropped down four spots, which is... Uh, it not good. I mean, he's got to come out with some new new music, I suppose. I think he'd be very upset that MGK is taking his spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that yeah, Passenger and Machine Gun Kelly fans, not a lot of crossover there. But, uh, I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I love I love Spotify and Rap. It's it's a it's a fun way of making uh, Spotify tracking us seem not so creepy. But uh, our podcast did uh, pretty well this year. We are the number one podcast for 129 people out there, which was pretty yeah. neat. That's crazy. That's really, mm-hmm. really impressive. When like that, we obviously got a lot of different numbers uh, for our Spotify Wrapped. Spotify Wrapped comes for podcasters a little differently. Um, it, it mostly tells you like how much you grew from last year, but mm-hmm. it's not like very indicative for us because of course we started in May last year, June basically. So yeah. obviously it's going to be like you grew by like. 800 percent it's like well yeah we had a, another half year to do that so yeah. none, none of those stats were that interesting to, to bring up but the, mm-hmm. the biggest one i think that st- stuck out to me for sure was the fact that 129 people uh listen to us i guess are like our biggest fans which is amazing mm-hmm. oh my god it's yeah very weird it, <laughs> yeah thank you. It, it, I, I, we, we thank you it's been really neat the last week just getting in instagram messages and tweets from people who tagged us and yeah. were their number one podcast uh, number it, two even you know I, number three I, even in the top five i'm i'm amazed at the fact that people do listen to us <laughs> me too because to, to to be fair or to be honest mike i am not in our top five uh podcast that i listen to that's right yeah i mean that's probably fair because you shouldn't be listening to yourself no <laughs> you shouldn't be no. giving us extra listens <laughs> <laughs> no i i record the podcast with you i edit at least 50 percent of the podcasts so so, uh, yeah, I do not need to download it on Spotify and then listen to it that day as well. I'm not that in love with myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to skip the mailbag again this week. Uh, we kind of figured that that would take the place of the mailbag. So, Mike, I think it's time to jump into the episode now. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 76 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 340 games. You can visit thegamecubeiscool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's him. Last week, we talked about Bionicle and Jerome Racers. That was a really fun episode to do. Had a ton of fun looking back on Bionicle and all the messages that we got of people saying that we've unlocked all these memories in their mind of Bionicle. We love them too. Uh, So if you haven't already, go back and check that one out. This week, we're looking back on the sequel of one of Neil's favorite games on the GameCube, Pikmin 2. 
We covered Pikmin 1 a long, 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 long time ago, back when Mike and I were just getting started on podcasting. Just little babies, little podcast babies. Just little podcast babies. We were a little sprout Pikmin. We were just coming out of the ground. Now we're <laughs> full force Pikmin. We have the flowers on our heads. We're all juiced up on that hot spray or whatever it is that Olimar gives them. Uh, and we're here to talk today with a couple of our friends as well about Pikmin. Uh, but before we do, I think it's time that we go back and talk a little bit about Pikmin as a series and our memory of the game, since it's been a long time since we talked about it. Uh, so Mike, uh, as always, we'll kick it off with you. Do you remember Pikmin when it first came out, uh, 20 years ago? And then do you remember the sequel when it came out as well? Well, of course it did come out 20 years ago, almost to the day, uh, because mm -hmm. it came out the same day as Smash Bros. Melee, which is very bold. Um, <laughs> just say yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, we've talked about this in length, but GameCube's launch window was terrific. And the fact that we got a bunch of new IPs that came out in the same, you know, within the month. Like, we also had Luigi's Mansion coming out. Uh, mm -hmm. That's that's pretty crazy and something that definitely will never happen again for Nintendo. <laughs> no. Not <laughs> um, that close together, for sure. No way. No, and, and Pikmin is an interesting beast because Pikmin, of course, uh, starts on the GameCube and also continues on the GameCube uh, with a sequel, being the only... Mm -hmm. Uh, the only game that started on the GameCube that got a sequel for the GameCube, which I, I thought was an interesting tidbit. But uh, I do not remember Pikmin coming out. Of course, all my energy was focused on Smash and mm -hmm. waiting in line with my friend to get that. I, I didn't have a GameCube at the time, but he did. And mm -hmm. uh, that was our friend Nathaniel, who was on uh, for Episode 7 for Super Smash Bros. Melee. And yeah, we played it that first day, and we completely ignored and forgot about Pikmin. And <laughs> many years later, uh, I really kind of discovered Pikmin because of you. I, I uh, of course, mm -hmm. knew Pikmin, uh, just seeing it places. I knew some friends who had played it. And and then having Olimar in uh, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, I was like, oh, what's this thing? And yeah. then kind of this thing. <laughs> yeah, got more reacquainted with with Pikmin as well. But for me, it was never it was never a game that I was super interested in. Uh, I I've, I never really grew up playing a lot of RTS games, and not okay. not that I don't like them. You know, I definitely see the appeal and enjoy moving around <laughs> like dozens of uh, of different things at the same time. But for yeah. me, Pikmin never completely caught my eye. I th I'd say it's akin to you in Animal Crossing. You know, you have okay. a lot of respect for it. You have, you know, nothing but good things to say by looking at it and watching it. But for you, the game doesn't enthrall you as something else, you know? Yeah, I can definitely see that. And if you didn't grow up with RTS games, uh, especially on PC, which yeah. real-time strategy games were uh, PC focused, a PC-focused genre. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we did go deep into RTS games uh, several months ago now, earlier this year. But uh, to sort of summarize it all up, uh, the best way that I can describe RTS is it's basically chess, but everyone is moving at the same time. Top down, uh, you know, you're usually top, top down, down. Looking, looking at your yep. kind of army or something mm -hmm. that's going on and you're moving them towards the target. And mm -hmm. there's usually, you know, one main person and then the army behind them. And that's kind of how Pikmin functions as well. You have Olimar or Louie in this case mm -hmm. for Pikmin 2. And then you have all the little Pikmin who run behind them doing tasks. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And uh, some big RTS games on PC from back in the day, the one that comes to mind for me right away is Age of Empires, which is one yes. that I played a lot as a kid. Friend of the show, uh, Marty Thompson, loves Age of Empires. He is oh God. a huge Age fan. Age 4 just came out. Nice. Marty, you can let us know what you think. <laughs> Beautiful. And a uh, friend of the show, Josh from the Still Loading Podcast, I think he's a pretty big fan of RTS games as well. He did like a whole series on it, like multiple uh, segments, multiple parts, mm -hmm. episodes and whatnot, just dedicated to the history of RTS games. I actually uh, really so like watching RTS games. 
I gotta oh, yeah, say that. Yeah, it's it, a lot of fun. It's almost, especially Pikmin, is almost mm-hmm. soothing to watch. Yeah, if you can, if you watch someone who's playing it well, like yeah. it, it's fun to watch. And another game that I played a lot as a kid was Star Wars Battle, uh, Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, which was basically Age of Empires but with Star Wars. That's so right. if you like Age of Empires and you like Star Wars, highly recommend that game. It's very cheap on Steam. Uh, graphics aren't great, obviously, but it's just fun to create an army of stormtroopers and have them fight against Gungans or Trade Federation droids. You can do like a whole bunch of mixing and matching, which was really neat. Uh, so. Like you, Mike, I didn't play Pikmin as a kid either. I knew of it back in 2001. I remember Mm -hmm. being in a lot of GameCube commercials because it was a new franchise, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto's passion project that he basically came up with while he was gardening. Uh, This has clearly been a passion project for Miyamoto now for the last 20 years, on and off. Uh, Obviously, we're 20 years into the series, and there's only four and a half games in in the franchise. Uh, It wasn't really until about 2013, 2014, when I started to get back into video games after we finished high school. I was going through collecting GameCube games, and Pikmin came up on a lot of people's top 10 lists, specifically Pikmin 2, the -hmm. game that we're talking about today. So I thought, all right, I'm going to start with Pikmin 1, see what that game is all about. And instantly, right off the bat, was addicted to it. Like I, even though it's Pikmin One, is such a short game. I was playing it over and over again. I was trying to get it done as quickly as possible with no glitching. I just found, I find resource management and like managing teams and and using your army of soldiers to battle is just so cool and so much yeah. fun. Uh, and it, it does it, and it is a very good console version of what I played on my my PC as a kid back before we even had internet. So. <laughs> Yeah, really love the series, and then I had to jump right into Pikmin 2. Famously, we've talked a whole bunch before, I am not a huge fan of Pikmin 2. It's actually my least favorite in the series. We're going to talk a little bit uh, more about why later as we have our callers come on. But uh, yeah, since then, I've played Pikmin 1, Pikmin 2 a bunch of times through. I have Pikmin 3 on Wii U. I played that one as well, got that game. I haven't played the deluxe version on Switch just because I'm starting to refuse to play deluxe versions on Switch because (laughs) I I can't keep enough is enough we don't talk about hey pikmin everybody in the pikmin community knows that the 3ds version is not great and uh, sorry pikmin what's bloom. that never heard of it good very good thank you and uh, <laughs> pikmin bloom just came out on mobile earlier this year which uh, i don't know if you've had a chance to play that game mike but uh it, it's doing no it, it's doing okay it's basically like a pokemon go game with pikmin uh it's just got over two million downloads now uh which is uh terrible if you want to compare it to games like pokemon go and the harry potter uh, what was it called? Wizards Unite or something like that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, um, so the series as a whole uh, is really not all that successful. Pikmin 1 has sold 1.6 million copies. Pikmin 2, 1.1 million copies. Uh, there were the Wii ports, which combined sold about a million. Pikmin 3 on Wii U sold about 1.2 million. Hey, Pikmin, the game that we don't talk about, didn't even crack half a million And then Pikmin 3 on Switch is the best-selling Pikmin game, no surprise there, Mm -hmm. uh, at about 2 million units. So all in all, the series has only sold about like 7 million units in 20 years, which is terrible comparative to other series that have started after that and are still going now. It's interesting, too, because uh, Pikmin, when it first came out, um, Nintendo didn't actually believe in it very much because, like, like you said, it was a passion project. Uh, and it was kind of just something to put out that was different enough uh, that could work on something like the GameCube. 
more so, it was actually a tech demo, really, because this evolved from the tech demo Mario 128, so mm-hmm. Super Mario 128, which was basically a demo of 128 Marios on a screen at once and seeing if the GameCube would crash. <laughs> that was basically <laughs> what it was, and that's right. where Pikmin came from. And so uh, Nintendo really didn't choose to market it that well, uh, um, and you know, instead they wanted to focus on Melee and Luigi's Mansion, and they wanted to market the Zelda game that we never ended up getting. We got Windmaker <laughs> instead. <laughs> but um, And they correctly assumed that Pikmin would find its niche audience without much trouble, which was true. And that was a, actually a good call by them. But for Pikmin 2, there was a bit of hype at this point. You know, this is three years later uh, now that we get Pikmin 2 on the mm-hmm. GameCube. Uh, and, and these days, three years for a sequel was quite a long time. Uh, mind mm-hmm. you, sequels often would come out a year, maybe two years after. So um, Pikmin 2 had a bit of a hype uh, that was created uh, from how great the first game was. And Nintendo decided to jump on the marketing bandwagon. Uh, this was actually more due with the fact that the GameCube numbers were lagging significantly behind the PS2 at this time in 2004. And Nintendo thought, well, Pikmin 2 is a unique, you know, console exclusive game that could help buoy the GameCube sales. And that's why we got those really weird ads, Neil, of, uh, of Pikmin 2. I'm not sure if you remember those. That's the thing is I don't remember Pikmin 2 coming out at all. I Really? Uh, similar- See, I remember it. I remember really? those ads because the ads were everywhere. Uh, and it was these ads of people, these people dressed up in, in Pikmin costumes running around, like oh, getting yeah. hot dogs. And, and yes. Okay. Yeah. Th- they were like weirdly. I, I remember like they were on like TSN, like on the sports like networks too. <laughs> they, they were just in weird spots and Nintendo clearly put a lot of marketing budget into this. Uh, and yeah, the ads were strange at best. Yeah, that that is weird. You unlocked a memory there for me. I had forgotten about those ads of the people <laughs> yes. in Pikmin suits. You did it. Uh, yeah, I that that's such a weird idea. I yes. So see, I remember Pikmin <laughs> one coming out, and then I remember nothing, and then like you, Olimar is in Brawl all of a sudden, and it's like, oh yeah, this this little GameCube series that I never played. Let's check out yeah. and see what this is all about. Before I was a Yoshi main, I actually tried to play as Olimar. Uh, I know, Sma- I remember. <laughs> yeah, when Smash Bros. 4 came out on Wii U, I was playing as Olimar for a solid month. I, that's all I played with because it was just fun to throw your Pikmin across the map at people and they do small damage and it's very irritating. But I think I might have won one match as Olimar and then I retired him and ever since then I've been Yoshi. <laughs> but uh, Pik- Pikmin 2 does take pretty much everything from Pikmin 1 and uh, expands on it. Uh, there's way more in this game. There's uh, more items to collect. There's more Pikmin to find. And uh, it even added a new uh, genre to the Pikmin, the Pikmin genre, if you will. Like the RTS elements that were included in Pikmin 1 are there. And it even included dungeon crawling elements where yes. the levels are expanded down into these caves where you have to survive with whatever army of Pikmin you go down with. You have... No replenishment, you have no help coming, you just have to go down with your 10 Pikmin, 100 Pikmin, and you have to fight uh, bosses, you fight enemies, you collect items, and then you eventually get down to the very bottom and you come back up. So this was also Nintendo's take on a genre that they had never really done before either, unless you count maybe something like Zelda would be the next closest thing to a dungeon crawling game, which Mm -hmm. it's really not. So yeah, Pikmin 2 does expand a lot on Pikmin 1. It's a great sequel. I don't know why they took three years um i feel like that was way too much cooling off time and uh at that point they probably could have done with like another sequel to like luigi's mansion or something like that but it's because it is interesting because you know we're we're talking about 2004 we're in the thick of 2004 at this point with the Mm -hmm. the triple a games that we've been covering on this podcast and you know i'm just going to list off a couple that are here because 2004 we talk about as being the beginning of the end 
of the GameCube. But l- yeah. look at this list, Neil. We got, uh, and this is all in Q4, mind you, uh, of 2004. So we got Pikmin 2. We got Mario Power Tennis. We got Paper Mario, uh, Thousand Year Door. We have a Metroid Prime 2. We have Mario Party 6. And then in January, you know, just a, week, a couple weeks later, we have Resident Evil 4. Wow. See, those are all like 8s to 10s. Right? They're all uh, fantastic games, huge critical successes. But the funny thing is, is that only Mario, or only Paper Mario and RE4 cracked the top 20 of best-selling GameCube games. Wow, that's true. That Yeah, because Pikmin 2 did not sell super well. Mario Party 6 was kind of lost in the mix. Mario Party was starting to lose its uh, muster at this point. Well, yeah, four in, uh, in four years. And <laughs> yeah, it's hard for a parent to, to be... To, to buy another Mario Party, you know why? Why my my parents definitely didn't, right? No. So like, why would you, yeah. why would you go for Mario Party, you know, uh, six when you already have four in in someone's mm-hmm. mind? I know there's they had the mic finally, but like mm. that was Mario know. Party. Was that six that they introduced that? I'm trying to mean, remember now. Uh, I think maybe it was seven. Now that I think about it, I don't know. It came it's, at one point. <laughs> we, it's like we have we've covered Mario Party. We should probably know this, but uh, <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, we've talked about Pikmin two a whole bunch. Let's introduce the game, and then we'll get our uh, our first uh, our first caller coming in, which I believe is Ramon. Correct. That's that's right. Oof, I don't know, Neil. You might you and him might clash. Uh, we just might. Uh, but anyway, Pikmin two was released on August thirtieth, two thousand and four. It's developed by Nintendo EAD, published by Nintendo. It's on GameCube, and it was re released on Wii. Like I said earlier, this game rates uh, roughly a nine out of ten, which is about the same as the first one, which I find very interesting. The mm-hmm. game is priced today between fifty dollars and eighty dollars. It's got quite a big range, just depending on uh, condition and player's choice and everything. But anyway, Mike, I am just patiently awaiting pikmin 4 i feel like i've been beyond patient actually for the last few years and i'm actually starting to get a little bit boiled right about now oh. uh, so i'm just going to go and stand out in the middle of the street right now until nintendo announces pikmin 4 in a pikmin center direct so uh, mike i'm going to quit from podcasting i'm not going to work i'm not going to eat what? i'm not going to sleep until there's a new pikmin no. game so everyone i love you i will see you soon uh well, Neil, uh, uh, he's gone away. Neil is gone after that horrible news that there is no Pikmin 4. It does not exist. And he might never come back. So joining me in his stead is our new co-host. Please welcome Enemy of the Pod, Ramon. I finally did it. This is the plan all along. I'm playing the long con. I finally got Neil's spot. 75 episodes later, and Ramon finally got, got, got the spot after his first appearance in the original Pikmin episode. And uh, you know what? I think this, is, this makes sense that you are now taking over for Pikmin 2. Yeah, hold on tight, everyone. We're actually just going to talk about mobile games now. No more GameCube games ever. <laughs> right, did you did you get uh, did you get the Bloom Pikmin Bloom yet, Ramon? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <it's>, <laughs> is it the same thing? It's it's like Pokemon Go, but uh, Pikmin. But there's only like a handful of Pikmin. That can't be that fun. You play as in you're throwing the Pikmin at things to kill them. I believe. I'm not sure. People can can tell me exactly what Pikmin Bloom is because I have not played it. Yeah, me either. So <laughs> let's talk about Pikmin 2 instead. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Pikmin 2. But first, before we do that, uh, Neil and I were talking earlier before his demise uh, about embarrassing Spotify wrapped playlists because we have some embarrassing stuff on ours. Do you have anything on your on your Spotify wrap that just came out this week? Embarrassing? I don't know what. Let me let me let me check. <laughs> I don't think there's anything embarrassing. How much Avril Lavigne is there? The only thing I find embarrassing is that when I was comparing to everyone else's, I have a lot of hours. Um, I th- How many minutes do you have? 93,000. Wow. Um, I think the mo- I have 30. 
Well, you should listen to more music. <laughs> um, no, um, I think the only thing embarrassing is that all like my top songs are from 2017. <laughs> Interesting. So you you found your peak year. You found one when everything went right. All the planets were aligned and. 2017 was it and so 2017 does have a lot of bangers to be fair yeah like i think yeah the only thing that's new i found and i guess this is embarrassing but i saw on everyone else's is um olivia rodrigo's album is on my my uh, spotify unwrapped that's not embarrassing she's their album's good it's a good debut i think it's objectively a good debut it was my top song like i mean <laughs> apparently i listened to it over 300 times. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, well, not, now... I'm, not listen- I'm not saying the song, but it's, uh, I think I was it's going the through one. it. <laughs> it's the one that everyone listened to. Well, uh, I'm surprised that Pikmin 2 soundtrack was not your number one, but I guess Olivia Rodrigo is okay to have as a number one. But coming in at 299 plays was the Pikmin 2 soundtrack, of course. And Ramon, you came on many episodes ago for Pikmin 1. So I just want to kind of go back to that and relive that time uh, and talk to you about what initially got you into playing Pikmin. The advertising. Um, I think I said in the uh, last episode, um, I think I was exposed to it um, with those weird ads on, yep. on TV. And then, of course, you go to the McDonald's console area and they have it there. So you go pick it up while you're waiting for your Happy Meal. And then <laughs> it was such a bizarre game that you would, you know, collect garbage <laughs> with these little like uh, alien things yeah it is a bizarre weird game that did have somewhat of a, a niche appeal so much so that uh, nintendo decided to make a sequel out of this and reminder too that nintendo had just created dosh and the giant and cubivore two other new nintendo properties for the gamecube that both died on arrival like very fast i'm not sure if you even know about those uh ramon nope <laughs> yeah not at all yeah so those were to, and, and also Animal Crossing, a new franchise as well. So that's four new franchises that came out within the cu- first couple of years of the GameCube. And the only one that, well, I mean, obviously Animal Crossing has gone on to great success, but the only one that got an immediate sequel on a console was Pikmin 2. And they, three years later, it came out for the GameCube. I mean, obviously the marketing for Pikmin 2 is a lot more because Nintendo saw that they had somewhat of a winner with Pikmin 1. But what appealed to you even more so, I guess, for, for Pikmin 2? I think it's just, like, it's so cute. It's so bizarre at the same time. Like, the the animation, or sorry, the um, the gameplay, the actual characters, and especially the sound, I find to be very, very charming. Yeah. And the activity itself, it's like, yeah, sure, there's a couple of, you know, you fight a couple of monsters in there, but at the core value of it, you're kind of just collecting things in it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a massive collect-a-thon with dozens of characters on screen, and that's a... That's a big thing that I don't think people realize when they watch this or play this game today is that having all these Pikmin run around without the game breaking constantly was a massive achievement in 2004. Oh, yeah. Like every single uh, Pikmin essentially had their own like kind of unique AI that like it would try to follow and also try to recover and kind of do all these actions without, you know, necessarily being ordered to all the time. That's the thing, yeah. And and Pikmin 2, I'm not sure if you you noticed or remember, but the Pikmin uh, follow you and follow your orders a lot more than they do in Pikmin 1. Uh, in Pikmin 1, a lot of times you'd like have a couple stragglers <laughs> in the back yeah. <laughs> who would fall down or trip over things. Uh, and Pikmin 2 is a little tighter in terms of the, the technology that they had at the time where they would actually follow 
pretty well. There wouldn't really be stragglers very often. You could actually get all your tasks done in a, a cohesive way. I wonder if, um, I'm trying to remember if they uh, had issues with ledges. Like how often did they get stuck over the ledges or did they actually <laughs> find a route to get close to you again? They, they tried to find a route, but I know in Pikmin 1, uh, they did have some trouble like going back to that route and be like, this, I can't get here. And yeah, you would just have some stuck ones and the camera would go get all wonky too. But, um, but yeah, Pikmin 2, a lot of people consider it to be the best in the franchise, better than Pikmin 1. And that's your opinion too, right, Ramon? Absolutely. I think it's, it's just more fleshed out. Yeah. And the, well, because I know Neil, uh, again, RIP, but he is a big supporter of the the day, uh, the, the cycle or the, the time limit, I should say, within each day. And I know you're not. So why does, why, Neil? Why, why, <laughs> why die on that hill? <laughs> I get it. I guess it does add a bit of pressure and a bit more, uh, you know, a, a time limit to, you know, collecting things. But at the end of the day, you're kind of like, you're going to go for the 100% collection. Like, or at least I would. Mm-hmm. So it, it just gives you more time to kind of actually do everything. Yeah, and and I'm not a Pikmin player. I've played the games somewhat. You know, I played Pikmin 2 this week to get ready for it and everything. And I got to say that I don't think it necessarily makes it easier. Oh, no? with Without the timeline? Well, or- like, like yeah. I, I mean, like, I guess it's easier in the sense that there's not as much stress on you. But you're still, like, you still are basically putting the stress on yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't really thinking about, the t- like, any kind of time. Even in, like, Pikmin 1, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just trying to do my tasks. So it's nice to not have that constant time uh, limit, like, lotted over you. But I still think that, like, the game is still relatively hard to complete tasks and get 100% with even without that. I guess that's true. Like, the longer you'd stay on on the planet, the more likelihood that like your Pikmin would get demolished by a new monster, or new hazard. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. Never actually thought about it like that. Yeah. So you know, this is someone who who's not a, uh, a Pikminite. Uh, what do you what do you call Pikmin fans? <laughs> Pikmin heads? Pixies, Blue heads? I don't know. <laughs> Blue heads is what you said. <laughs> yeah. Weed heads. <laughs> 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 weed heads as pikmin fans are known <laughs> but um for, so obviously those are some of the things that separate pikmin 2 from pikmin 1 what are what are other things that you uh like about pikmin 2 more than one well i i correct me if i'm wrong i'm, I'm pretty sure they introduced the purple and white pikmin in this version right that's that's right yep so you have like that big purple chonky oompa loompa um, <laughs> looking one that was the chungus the chungus that's <laughs> definitely overpowered because i would just use that one in every kind of boss fight See, if if someone's going to argue, like, making the game easier, I think including the purple Pikmin makes it the, like, that's what uh, makes it the easiest, I think. Oh, yeah, because it would kind of not necessarily one-shot everything, but just because it is so hefty, a lot of the times I think I would, like, throw it at flying enemies and it would take it down. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I mean, I, using Olimar and Smash, I have been conditioned to know that you wait till you have the purple Pikmin and throw it at people. <laughs> is there a white one in Smash? The white Pikmin? I, I'm not sure. So, well, actually, yes. So in Brawl, he has six. Olimar has six Pikmin, but in the new one, he only has three at a time. But he might, they might just cycle through. I, I forget. Clearly, the, I've done lots of research on Smash for this episode. <laughs> the white one is, um, we want to talk weed heads. That's like <laughs> the poster child of someone who smoked too much weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What does the white one do? You Oh, you okay. So it's I forget. purely white. 
yeah. big red eyes. <laughs> and it's, I guess it's also kind of a, like a buff where if the um, monsters eat it, it's actually poisonous. So then they lose damage. There you go. Yeah. So I mean, it's a bit of a trade off. Yeah. Well, cause he's, he's just smoked way too much. So the monster gets way too high and then just dies. That's fair. Just yeah. It's essentially, hard. it's a walking edible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, of course, this game is really good, and and we do love it here. But uh, is there anything you would really like to see improved for Pikmin Two? You know, I booted it up lately just to kind of run through it again. I kind of like how kitschy it looks, and the graphics obviously are not up to par. But I think that's a benefit of it because it really does immerse you into the world of like, oh, it looks like I'm looking to the ground or on the ground. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the scale is so small and it's like it's a little blurry and it's not as crisp as you want it. But I think that's what you kind of want because um, it, it, you really have that sense of I'm putting my head down to the grass and seeing the whole other world down there. I think this game shows you much more than the first one how small Olimar really is. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I got from that. Like, he's only like, I think he's two inches tall. Is that how tall he is? Well, he's smaller than the battery. I can tell you that. He's smaller than the battery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, there's much more, many more products in this game. Uh, there's the, the product placements are what really makes Pikmin for me because I think it's so unique. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen product placements like this in a game before because there's real life products, uh, and then there's also like Nintendo products, like there's Bowser matches and stuff like that that I think are funny to to throw in there. It's um looking at it a bit more closely. So I think. I don't know about what the consensus is about Pikmin 2 is um, about the gameplay, but it is kind of standard Pikmin. Like it's, it didn't really change the formula too, too much, mm-hmm. but I was kind of doing a bit of research on it. The amount of detail in the world and like specifically the sound that they've incorporated in the game. Um, I was reading somewhere that depending on if there is a num- if there's still treasure on the map, the Pikmin sing a different song. Really? So yeah, the so it's kind of like a it's a functional thing as well as just like kind of world building. But yeah, so weird trivia. People really go crazy for the the sound of <laughs> Pikmin because um, I think it is just so adorable. I also found out that they actually recycle a lot of uh, or they have kind of similar sounds and um, effects from other games, Nintendo okay. games. Because yeah. you know Nintendo is notorious for putting Easter eggs everywhere. Yeah, there there was one I just recently read that. They use the same rocket sound from Sunshine. Oh, like from like, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, those like, yeah. Um, it's, I, it's I can't the, like make the sound. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes. It's also in um, an enemy uh, sound where that also shoots out some kind of pro- uh, projection. Oh. So it's huh. it's those little details that I find to be very, very charming and um, you can appreciate it in a different way. Charming is the right word for this game and this franchise, honestly, right? Like that's what it's always been about. Cause this this isn't a unique concept. It's an RTS. It's um there's tons of different games like this, but this is the only one that exhibits such a charm and it has that Nintendo feel to it without really looking like a Nintendo game at all, which I think is really impressive. I think of that with, you know, gonna go back to Animal Crossing. Same idea, right? Animal Crossing is like a life sim slash farming sim kind of style game that there's literally thousands of out there right uh but something about animal crossing makes people come back every time and because it does have that unique charm and i think pikmin also pulls it off really well i just wish more people bought pikmin games so is that why there's no pikmin 4 
Yes, that's why Neil has left the building. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the Pikmin has not sold well traditionally. It sold quite well to start the franchise off, but ever since then, it hasn't done too well. But we'll see what Pikmin Bloom has in store for us uh, when you when you pick it up on your phone, Ramon. <laughs> Do you think it's the lack of plot? Because like Animal Crossing, they're really... Well, they have great dialogue, but there isn't a plot. Well, and, and see, I would argue that, but then you have Animal Crossing selling 34 million copies. So, I mean, I think really what I think is that Pikmin came out at the wrong time. I think Pikmin is too far ahead of its time. I think if Pikmin came out as a brand new game today, it would sell a lot better than it did when it came out in the early 2000s. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Like, it, it's funny that it's actually Nintendo who developed this game, but I can definitely see this as one of those um indie cult classics if it were on like a steam or something yeah exactly yeah like like that's what that's what it would be nowadays it would be like a 20 dollar game that you would buy on steam or something and then it would like slowly get a cult following kind of like pikmin has already done but a cult following today garners you a lot more sales and a cult following in the 2000s you know when um you know this this franchise is living and dying on the gamecube poor pikmin getting stranded there and then we have pikmin 3 on the wii u which have you played that no, I've, who got a Wii U? <laughs> <laughs> Neil did, and that's why he's also sad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ramon, I think uh, I'm sorry to say, but your time has come as co-host of the podcast. Uh, I think you did a good job. I think you did did the best we could have asked you. Well, thank you for having me. Invite me back. I want to talk about Snake on mobile phones. <laughs> I'm great at Snake. <laughs> yeah, did, did Snake get a GameCube release? I hope so. At one point, they changed it to 3D when we got smartphones, but uh, no, I want the Nokia snake. Classic. <laughs> Classic Nokia snake. Well, thanks again, Ramon, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Oh, Mike, I heard your whistle. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. What a nice young man. You didn't even see it. You didn't hear him, Neil. So <laughs> I, I can imagine what he said. He uh, he likes Pikmin 2 so much. He wants to marry it. Pikmin 1 sucks. Mm -hmm. I can picture it in Ramon's voice exactly what he said about <laughs> Pikmin 2. Well, thank you, enemy of the pod, Ramon, for filling in for Neil uh, for that brief 20-minute period there that uh, Neil was not a member of the GameCube was Cool podcast. He... Went out onto the street. I had to use my my Pikmin summoning uh, as as I am Olimar. I as I am two inches tall. How how tall is he? He's small. How tall is he? That, that's interesting because in the game he he carries around. I like to use the Duracell battery. Yeah, the, the a, battery is. A... That's what Ramon said too. That was his gauge of how big Olimar is. So I would say two inches is probably fair. Okay. Which mean mean Pikmin are probably about a quarter inch tall. Yeah. 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 So so I just shrunk down. I I did my summoning and and Neil has now returned to us from mm -hmm. the road. And mm -hmm. Neil, I I'm I know I know you're going through some tough times with Pikmin 4 not mm -hmm. being readily available right now and probably not going to be out for the next 5 years, but oh, uh yeah, at least. I uh, you know, I wish you well. I I hope that oh. you've come to your senses. You've kind of accepted this fact and uh, wow. we can move on i didn't exactly come to my senses it was mainly <laughs> just that the traffic in toronto is so bad that me standing in the middle of the street did no difference to the the traffic on the road that i live on so i see i don't think i was going to get nintendo's uh, attention by blocking traffic well that's fair that's fair i can't argue with that <laughs> yeah anyway mike i think it's a good time now to introduce the next caller to our show which i will be on for so uh who, who's coming on next 
Okay, Neil, well, our next guest for the show is uh, Luigi's Apartment, uh, or Luigi as we're going to be calling him throughout this episode, and he is a podcaster just like us. There are other podcasters out there, if you can believe it, what? Neil. What? And, and he <laughs> he is part of Chat of the Wild, a Zelda podcast, and also NF Speedrunning, a podcast about speedrunning, and we love speedrunning, so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that a little later as well. But first, our first question of the show, since you are a first-time guest, is did you have a GameCube back in the day? Absolutely. Uh, I got mine the Christmas, the year it came out. Um, I, I actually got, um, I think, Luigi's Mansion at my mom's house, or at my, my family's house, and then we went to my grandma's house, and I was like, well, I know I'm getting a GameCube then, so that's cool. <laughs> oh, you got it in reverse <laughs> order. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they kind of messed that up. So, um, I, I that is that is a classic. That's actually a really funny like childhood story because I can guarantee you there's people nodding along right now, being like, "Yes, that that has happened to me with the system. That happened to me with the Wii. Uh, I got Guitar Hero for the Wii before I got the Wii." Right. <laughs> That's awesome. The uh, I, I think I was in high school, so they were like, "It doesn't really matter. You, you're fine. You know." <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, our second question then would be, did you get a memory card for the GameCube? So, no, I didn't because uh, my parents didn't know about that sort of thing um, mm-hmm. because it wasn't important for the 64, my last right. system. And we we sort of got by for the first uh, few days. Uh, we would just restart Melee over and over again and, you know, only locked Marth and a few characters. But um, my cousins came to spend the night a few days after Christmas and we stayed up all night playing and unlocked so many characters that when I called my my best friend over, we were like, we can't let this go. Um, <laughs> but my little brother uh, is was notorious for erasing save files, whether on accident, usually oh. on accident. It just he was just really <laughs> prone to doing that. So we like barricaded the, the game room and <laughs> jumped on our bikes in the middle of the snow and, and rode to a target and. And uh, <laughs> as fast as we could so we could get back in time to save everything. Um, sure. But I, I was telling you that while we were there, uh, I, I picked up the the official player's guide. And there was a kid uh, hemming and hawing in, in front of the 64 uh, case. And he was trying to pick a game out. And we, my friend and I were huge Smash Brothers fans. I mean, this is why we were here. Right. Um, <laughs> and so we kind of nudged him my friend went over and was like hey he pointed at smash 64 like this is the game you want to get dude like this oh, is yeah. this is this is the stuff right here <laughs> and um so he he queued up behind us with his new purchase too and we, and we felt like uh we felt like good samaritans that day i feel so sad walking by game cases in department stores like you have target we have walmart like we have the the game section at walmart yeah. near us and like every time i walk by it like there's no one in that aisle but if you just if you just rewind back 10 15 20 years ago those aisles were packed especially this time of year with christmas shopping black friday weekends uh, and like parents would be talking to us, like the 13 year old kids or 10 year old kids, like, Hey, my, my son likes Pokemon. My, my daughter likes Mario Kart. Like what games do you recommend? You know, you look like you yeah. like what they like. What do you, exactly. that never happens anymore. Like, it's just so sad. Like you don't see kids in front of the window wondering what to get with their gift cards anymore. <laughs> Everything's just done digitally and kids all just want Minecraft and league of legends anyway. So just it's, get them, it's, get them V bucks, you know, <laughs> get them a Roblox gift card. I don't know. <laughs> Is it Roblox? <laughs> now? I don't know. I'm out of touch. I don't know. I think some kids play Roblox. It always surprises me when someone says that they play that, but they're out there. That reminds me of uh, of a story with when my mom went to get me my 3ds for Christmas, which I guess would have been, 
2013 or around there i was i think i was probably about 20 years old at the time yeah and she's you know uh this is the story she told me she's you know at the eb games or wherever she was buying uh the 3ds and there's a, a mom beside her also buying stuff for for her kid and she looks at my mom being like oh like does it ever end and uh my mom said no my son's 20 years old and, buying this for Christmas. And, now, and now you're almost 30 and you have a weekly game yeah. podcast it's just getting worse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no no it does it does not end uh, let me tell you yeah, no. <laughs> but speaking of weekly podcasts uh luigi you are a podcaster yourself which is always nice to see we yeah we love talking to fellow podcasters on this show and we just want to ask kind of what what got you into this world um i I went to college because I wanted to be a writer for a games magazine and uh, neither writing for games magazines as an industry nor really being at college worked out well for anyone, including me. (laughs) So, um, but I I was a huge Mac nerd too. And so when, when podcasts were new, I I was like, you know, right on board with that. And um, Retronauts was a big influence on me because I was huge into retro games. Sure. I, I read a bunch of, uh, um, uh, like video game, like the, what is it? The ultimate history of video game by Stephen L. Kent is like this 600 page book from like pinball to the launch of the GameCube Xbox that year. And like, I, I just tore through that in a week. Like I was constantly reading up on the history of, of just the industry itself. Um, my dad was a big PC, 80s PC gamer nerd, so he would tell me stories about how the industry worked back then and things like that. And so Retronauts came along at like the right time, and, and I'm just constantly listening to it. And uh, about 10 years ago, uh, a good friend of mine hooked me up with a, a coworker of his, and we started making podcasts together. Don't go looking for them. None of them are on on the internet anymore they were awful um they were done over like google hangouts um or or that's not even a thing anymore nope um but we we did like a general news uh video game news show basically the bomb cast without emails because no one listened Mm. and uh all of us were going to get a switch day one because we wanted to play breath of the wild and we figured Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we do like a a game club or like a book club sort of thing? We call it a game club now, but we'll we'll meet up. We'll talk about this insanely giant game that we know really nothing about and just kind of share stories. And that ended up turning into us going through the Zelda series chronologically, you know, Mm -hmm. dungeon by dungeon, like one dungeon a week, basically. Um, And that's Chat of the Wild. And and then every other season we mix in like a Zelda like or something, which uh, some of them are good and some of them are very bad. <laughs> so. That's that's the fun of podcasting. You never know what's going to do well and what's what's not. It really does. It really is cool though to have like a show that's structured around going completely into something. Obviously, we're biased. We're going through the complete GameCube library, but really focusing yeah. in on one series and all of the dungeons from Zelda uh, in 2017 when Breath of the Wild came out. You were like at the probably the peak of zelda popularity probably since ocarina of time so like in oh yeah 20 or yeah 20 years like you were catching zelda right at its peak so that was perfect timing for you and 
Uh, it sounds like that you've done a really good job. You have an incredible podcasting voice as well. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate you coming on today to talk about uh, one of my favorite Nintendo franchises of all time, oh, Pikmin yeah. 2. So you got a GameCube right at launch, it sounds like, right at Christmas of 2001. Did you get Pikmin right away, or did you find this series later, like like I did? I did not get it right away. I was uh, reading Nintendo Power every month in the lead up to the uh the GameCube and there and I was really excited for Pikmin it looked cool I I would have you know done any played anything Miyamoto uh was involved in basically at that point mm-hmm. like he was at the height of you know the beginning of his cult of personality uh at least mm-hmm. the way that people perceived him you know he was this untouchable demigod who could do no wrong <laughs> basically <laughs> Right. So he's like the Willy so, Wonka of video games at this point. <laughs> yeah, he does everything. You know, he, he made all those. He programmed them all himself. Of course. Um, but uh, I didn't actually get the game. I was too busy with Luigi's Mansion. I mean, he's Luigi's my favorite video game character of all time and mm-hmm. always has been. So I probably played the crap out of that. Uh, Melee kept me busy because I was in a very competitive smash friend group. And so uh, that, that took up a majority of my time. And as the years went on, I just never played Pikmin during the GameCube era. Uh, I ended up getting it used when uh, the Wii was around and falling absolutely in love with Pikmin one. That's still one of my favorite games ever. I I think it's just, just a perfect tight little package. Um, Yep. It, it it does. It, I think it's funny that uh, both Luigi's Mansion and Pikmin 1 are these short games that are almost yeah. run based. But they're, you know, you can like with with Luigi's Mansion, you can make your numbers go up. And with Pikmin, you kind of want to make your numbers go down. Right. So um, I, I think it's funny in that way that, that those two games are, are kind of similar like that. Um, and I, I, I just I love sitting down playing, you know, one game of Pikmin, you know, in one sitting and. And uh, just having a black, I, yeah, I absolutely love this series. And to give you a little bit of clout here to uh, to let listeners know that you were actually on the Retronauts episode of Pikmin, <laughs> episode four nineteen, which yeah. is pretty impressive. The fact that obviously you grew up with them almost, and it's like that's what really got you and in, inspired you to get into podcasting. So uh, that must have been an absolute treat to to do. Yes, uh, we're on their um their the retronauts podcast network um and so each every so often jeremy Parrish will say hey we had someone drop out for this game someone we need someone who can talk about it and it's never like a game that i know well and so i don't feel comfortable doing that but when he said pikmin uh (laughs) i was uh recently i stream too like i'll stream our zelda segments because it's i'm going to play the game for six hours every week anyway I might as well show people who are, you know, listeners who can't play the game along with us or, you know, don't necessarily want to. And they can come watch me play through my segment and then a few weeks later hear that episode. And but I was also playing Pikmin fairly often on on my stream. And so when he when he was like, we need someone to talk about Pikmin, I just like, yeah, I'm 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 right here. I can do that. So amazing. And it's a perfect game, too, because you also like to do speedrunning, right? You're a part of a pretty big speedrunning community. Pikmin is probably the 
perfect speedrunning GameCube game and game in general, especially the first one, because it's all based on the game is centered around a time limit, the 30 day time limit, which I actually really like. And I wish that they would bring that back. Uh, A lot of reviews that you read about back from in 2004, they say the game is massively improved uh, over Pikmin 1. They and the first point is always because they removed the 30 day time limit. And I'm like, no, that made the game that made the game less enjoyable. That didn't improve (laughs) it at all. I would really like just the option to turn that 30 day time limit back on. I love that little bit of uh, uh, rush that you have. Like you need to get it done in 30 days or less. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Olimar is going to be left alone on this planet. Uh, taking it away was really not to the franchise's benefit. I don't think anyway. I I agree. I, and I think we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Um, the more we talk about Pikmin too, but, uh, I, I myself am not a speedrunner per se. Um, like as a kid, I, um, Super Mario Brothers one is also like one of my favorite games of all time. I've got the, the mm-hmm. little game and watch they put out last year, sitting within yeah. arm's reach right nice. now. Um, but that game was definitely one as a kid that I, I, you wouldn't have called it a speed run back then, but I wanted to beat it as fast as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. But the, the way I generally play video games is I, I poke and I prod them and I, I, I search every corner and I take forever to get through them. Um, and don't get a lot done usually, <laughs> but there's something about Pikmin. I, I'm also just, just fascinated by speed runs in general, like as a, um, you know, as someone who's, who is, uh, intensely interested in video games, just the, the way that you discover mechanics that were put in the game and, and find ways to use those mechanics in unintended ways to, to break a game is, mm-hmm. is fascinating to me, but Pikmin itself really pulls that out of me because it it is a game about especially Pikmin 1 is a game about efficiency where you mm-hmm. know it's just Olimar you don't have a second or third buddy so mm-hmm. you have to really think about how you're going to tackle a a uh, area on a specific day and you know, you, you know it's set up where you have 30 parts in 30 days so you want to be averaging at least a part a day Right. And so you got to you kind of have to plan things out, and and that is uh, that really that really pulls that sort of mentality out of me, and I'm like, okay, I have to get this down, I have to do this, you know, in a very clean way. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I it, it is one of the games where I want to try and beat it as fast as possible. Yeah, and like towards the end of like a day, like you're running out of time, you've got five seconds left, <laughs> and there's Pikmin on the way back to your ship with a part you know they're not going to make it so like even after 10 or 13 minutes of you know really being smart and tight you just now screw it i'm going to start this day over again uh and then there's a huge sense of accomplishment when you go back and do it again you lose less pikmin you get the part in the day and then you can go off and go on to the next section or go on to the next part it's just so satisfying whereas in pikmin 2 uh you have 200 items to collect uh, none of them are really to repair your ship. There are some things that sort of give you new abilities and everything, but if you don't get a certain item in that day, you're just like, ah, whatever. I'm just gonna go back and do this again tomorrow. I don't have any specific limit. I'm just, I'm just here for the long ride, which is fine. And I can see why Pikmin Two is so much more accessible to to new players because it does take away that difficulty. There's way more to do. It expands on Pikmin One quite a bit. It's just removing that one element made the franchise just completely different. It's so it's so much to it, it it's kind of fascinating how uh how much it changes the game just by taking mm-hmm. that 
set limit of days out of there. Um, like in Pikmin 2, I will sometimes end a day uh, a few minutes early, which is something I would never do in Pikmin yeah. 1. Like that that's heresy. Yeah, exactly. But like you have so many of these days to waste. Like why, why even bother? And then even to the point where, you know, we're just going to, go over to the cave segments in these games as well where in the mm-hmm. level in the level there's caves and when you go down into them the time freezes completely so uh i like to think i like to compare pikmin 1 to majora's mask where you've got this time limit otherwise the game is going to end just like majora's mask you have the three mm-hmm. days uh but in this one like when you go down into these caves the time completely stops which it, the the game would be completely different if the day kept going while you're in these caves as well. So you've got to get oh, down man. seven levels and out of the game or and and back to your ship before the sun sets. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if they tried to work that in somehow and just realized maybe that these would be the 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 little dungeon because that's how I refer to them as like dungeon segments, um, sure. the underground parts where the you know we would. It would be a completely different thing, or it, it would uh, it it would limit what they were able to do with them if if mm-hmm. time kept running down there, even if it slowed down in in some sort of way. So, mm-hmm. but I you know I I, I often wonder like about because you can't really find much about um, the development you know interviews about the development yeah. of Pikmin um, that that's hard to come by. I I hear there's a Nawada asks that just never got translated to. Mm. Uh, English, but it you know the the 3ds and the Wii U games is you know when those Awada asks were really going in in full swing, and uh, we got a Pikmin game on Wii U, so there should be one out there, but uh, I I can't find it. No, there, there's very little information about the development. One thing that I was trying to find out, maybe you know a bit more, and uh, Mike, maybe even you you know something is the amount of product placement in Pikmin Two is unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, depending on what region you live in, uh, specifically, yep. specifically, we live in North America, so you'll find things like Duracell batteries. Uh, if you live in Japan, there's certain brands of like canned tuna and sardines. I'm trying to find a list here of things shoe that I have. Shoe polish, yeah, um, shoe chapstick. polish, 7-Up, Dr. Um, Pepper, like all yeah. of these. I couldn't find anything about how they got these deals. Did, did you guys know anything about this? I, I just think it's, it's the um, Nintendo was struggling um financially well not I mean they're never going to run out of money they're nintendo but mm-hmm. um they were actually posting you know quarterly losses at this point and i wonder if it was just a hey here's an easy way to just get a little bit more money in if we kind of advertise stuff for you know and also the, the advent of video game advertising uh, mm-hmm. around this time see i i personally believe that nintendo honestly just picked random items hmm. to put in this game and didn't get money from them uh similar to what happened with seinfeld with when like seinfeld has in the show they have so many product placement like bits that you think would be right part of some contract or some deal but it wasn't it was just stuff that the creators liked like that was really <laughs> what it was and and half of me does believe that nintendo just put in these random things yeah. especially the north american uh, uh items like a duracell battery or uh-huh. like a chapstick too yeah uh where they they didn't bother getting any licensing because they knew that no one was going to fight them on licensing it's free <laughs> advertisement sure so uh, and it's a weird nintendo thing to do to like not ask for it and just yeah. like put it in because nintendo doesn't seem to like money most of the time no so. no and they've had product placement in their game since i think recently of mario kart 8 deluxe with the mercedes uh partnership which yeah now that is definitely a part like yeah. that's a part that's way right? different and that's yeah 
Yeah, but this, I, I mean, maybe I'm just being naive, but I honestly think that, that Nintendo did not reach out to any of these companies and they just put these things in. I guess not. It's inc- it's incredibly charming, though, how they did it. Like, the, the items all very much resemble what the item, like, what the product is. Like, uh, like for example, the 7-Up Pop Tab. They don't call it a 7-Up Pop Tab, even though it says it on there, but they call it, like, a thirst or a thirst-quenching medallion or something like that. They yeah. all have very, very cute names. And I actually, that's actually my favorite part of Pikmin 2 is finding a new item and being like, oh, what's this one going to be called? <laughs> yeah, I think Pikmin 2, the, like, one of the best parts about it is the just the writing. Um, you yeah. Know, you've yeah. got the game engine. You've got the, the concept down. You've made one before. You can spend a whole lot more time um, just filling out the world and and uh, and just spending time on writing, you know, this crazy computer that is hanging out with you yeah well pikmin 1 is actually incredibly dark and somewhat depressing it's all Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a mix of the martian and metroid put together where you're this (laughs) crash landed astronaut on this strange distant planet that's totally not earth and the entire time, Olimar, th- <laughs> Olimar is writing these diary en- or these journal entries, and he thinks he's going to die. Like, he writes about possibly never seeing his family again, mm-hmm. about yeah. how lonely it is without talking with anybody. And now Pikmin 2 completely flips that on his head, where it, it pretty much starts off like a sitcom. Like, Olimar comes back from space, and then his their, their, the company that he works for are going bankrupt, and his boss <laughs> yeah. is selling off all of their assets. And then Olimar now has to go back to the distant planet to, to go collect these things that they can sell off in some weird Pikmin black market or whatever. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. there's a back and forth between Olimar and his boss writing letters with Louis and the robot even has some dialogue. So this game is completely different tonally uh, to Pikmin yeah. 1. There's some sort of free enterprise flood that, that yeah. sucks up items. It, it, it values them. It... it uh comes up with a marketing uh, scheme around that. Like, it's almost like a marketing department all in one. Yeah. And I don't think he actually gets to see his family. He sort of lands. No. Uh, his The dolphin is sold off, and he just gets thrown back into this new ship. Poor guy. Exactly. It's, At it's least he gets po- to, to email them. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say I, I wanted to talk just a little bit more about the products because I do love them so much. Uh, my personal favorite... Uh, product that's in here that Alamar finds is Nintendo playing cards, mm. which I think is really, really cool considering that is what Nintendo started as as a company. So mm-hmm. I thought I, I love that little tongue in cheek uh, nod to their past. One of the first items that you find is another piece of Nintendo's history, which is the love tester. Uh, which uh, <laughs> yeah. you use in the game as an item that sort of it's a meter that goes crazy when you're close to treasure. Yeah, Mr. Yamauchi was very, very uh, integral in the creation of the love tester, I assume. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but then there's even one of my favorite ones is you find the head of Rob the Robot, which in 2004, yes. yeah. Rob the Robot had not come back in Smash yet. He might have been – he was coming up soon on in the DS Mario Kart, uh, but they called him when he gets sucked up into the ship. His name is Remembered Old Buddy, which is R-O-B again. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was a deep cut at that point. Yeah, this was like right in the middle of Rob's hiatus, basically. Uh, so he's in there as well. There's tubes of paint from Mario Paint, which they call decorative goo. And then there's mm-hmm. a bunch of like random gems and fruit, which fruit plays a huge part in Pikmin 3. They make these uh, th- these juices to stay alive. So uh, the series as a whole ties itself very well together from 1, 2 to 3. Like if, even though it's spanned across 20 years, I got to say it's very cohesive, like from one to the next. I'd also like that you get to get uh, Ball, the, uh, the game and watch game, pretty early mm. on too. Which is a yeah. nice. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this, this this game in this series, like you said, Neil, very cohesive. It does honestly feel like one person created this entire world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things I love the most about Pikmin and its world is is that you you feel that same because I know that Miyamoto wanted to make it feel like gardening almost. Yeah. Like that was the, the feel that he wanted to get from people. And it does feel like that when you're playing it. It's got the stressfulness of gardening, but also just like the, <laughs> the you know, <laughs> you, you, you can kind of calm down mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in that world as well. And the charm, of course, of it is what makes this so unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, even when you're gardening, you find things in your backyard that, like, you might have... You find Duracell batteries. You find old batteries. You find pop tabs. You find marbles. Like, actually, literally, this is a funny story, but just last week or a couple weekends ago, this is a complete tangent, but I was visiting my parents, and um, my dad was raking leaves, and underneath our deck, uh, he he found a dog tag from Chase, my dog, Mike, that you know. My, that dog died two years ago, and he just found a tag oh, off wow. of his collar, and it said, you know, Chase, it had our home number, our address, and he's like, look what I found in the, underneath the deck. And I was like, this is like from Pikmin. Like, this is exactly <laughs> what you do in Pikmin. You garden and you find random stuff, old treasures from past, and, and you know, he's, it's up on the mantle now and everything. It's just like this little token that we thought was lost. Old old friend identifier. Yeah, exactly. You need to throw him into that onion and find out what uh, what this is. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I think is fascinating about Pikmin 2 is they they kind of mess with the concepts of uh, weight and speed and strength, uh, which were mm-hmm. more of a passive mechanic in the first game. Um, like you have purple Pikmin that can carry, you know, 10 times the amount of a normal Pikmin. Um, but they're like in Pikmin one, the more Pikmin you had on, on an, an item, you could have like almost like around 50% of the weight of the item, you know, extra on them. Um, right. And so you, you would think the more that you have, the more that you can carry, the faster they go, because that's how it works in Pikmin one. But, uh, the, the purple Pikmin can carry more, but they are right. slower. And it, it's kind of like when I first played this game, it, it was kind of a weird thing to wrap my head around because it almost creates this dissonance where, yeah, the little the tiny guys who are weaker move faster. And 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 Pikmin, I think in Pikmin three, they, they you know, they scrap that and they go back to kind of the old way of dealing with with weight and mm-hmm. speed. But they were sort of messing around with it here. I don't know how how well it necessarily works. It. Yeah. Um, especially when you've got the, the C stick, which is something I, I think is my favorite thing about Pikmin is, is the mm-hmm. swarming of Pikmin. Um, <laughs> yes. and, and in two, it, you, you can't almost, I mean, you can, but if you're, it, it, it makes it so you don't really approach carrying things like that. Right. You, you, you can either think about. Uh, trying to do it faster, but there's really no reason to do it faster because you don't really have a time limit. And so it, it's almost something that like goes away. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just kind of ignore the fact that, that there's this speed mechanic to, to carrying things. And, and, and I, I like that they, they were messing around with stuff, but I just, I don't necessarily think it works. I feel like that they only added that difference in carrying uh, to introduce purple Pikmin and to a lesser extent, the white Pikmin to this game. Like there's the item towards mm-hmm. the end of the game, the hardest item, I think it's the hardest item to carry back to your ship is uh, like a one kilogram weight, which you need a hundred purple Pikmin to carry, which means you need to get a hundred <laughs> purple Pikmin across the map and back without being killed. 
Uh, so that's an incredibly hard challenge. I think that they inclu- included that mechanic for that sole challenge and then had to make the rest of the game around that. Well, I was going to say, what's what's harder than that, I feel like, is is um, amassing yeah. 100 purple Pikmin because uh, I, I don't like the fact that there is no purple, not to quote, not to reference my favorite Les Claypool side project. Uh, there's no purple onion. There's there's no white onion. Right. There's wow. There's a <laughs> that's a deep cut. <laughs> I guess that's that's the album from the side project. But um, yeah, you can't create them by bringing um, organic right. material to a to an onion. You have to find them underground, right. and that is something that's always. Uh, I don't want to say infuriated me, but it it uh, it stresses me out that that in order to get more of them, I have to go underground right. and find a flower and collect them five at a time. That's one of the appeals, though, or that's one of the uh, appealing factors of an RTS game, though, is resource management and the things that in uh, mm-hmm. a real time strategy game that are in low supply, you want to keep them safe. Uh, so I can see why it, it, it yeah. it's just one of those things that turns people off of the genre completely. But if they were, if purple Pikmin were abundant amongst the entire game, you would be able to breeze through the game no problem because the purple Pikmin are so strong. You would just not use red Pikmin except for in fire situations. But going through battles would be right. so easy if you just went in blazing with a hundred purple Pikmin. It would be a non challenge at all. Uh, so they had to make them slightly rare. But they kind of made them obsolete in Pikmin 3 from what I remember when they introduced Rock Pikmin. There was now no use really for the purple guys anymore. So they kind of included too many. Mm -hmm. I think that Pikmin 2 does have a perfect balance of Pikmin with different abilities, which we barely talked about with your red, blue, yellow from the first game. They introduced the white Pikmin, which are kind of like poison Pikmin in uh, in 2. And then the purple guys who are very strong, like you said, Luigi, they can carry uh, 10, the weight of 10 Pikmin basically. Uh, in just one so very useful but yeah i know what you mean how moving items around was a little bit more tedious in this one than it, it felt like in the first game yeah and and i i like that um because when i'm when i'm playing through pikmin 2 i oftentimes only have like 20 to 30 uh purple and white pikmin at any given mm-hmm. time and so that at the very end that you need to have a hundred of them is is always felt strange to me mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. i also like that in pikmin 3 there are the the challenges and the Olimar story, and there are missions where they do give you uh, the purple guys, yep. and so that they're they're in there too. They're just not a you know part of the main mm-hmm. story. So there are certain missions where like yeah, it's nice to have them and it's kind of fun. Yeah. So Mike, I think that that's actually a way to get you into Pikmin is to play Pikmin to the challenge mode <laughs> because that one you just start off with your army all ready to go and you're sort of given a challenge to do just to finish. It's actually perfect for Switch mm-hmm. too where you can play this bite-sized Pikmin level yeah. in under I think it is it a 200 second time limit. It might be 180 seconds, 3 minutes I think. You have to get it done and then you either pass the level with, you know, a glowing flower or you pass the level with a gold flower and then you move on. Uh, so you don't have to... <laughs> I love the challenge. Oh, me too. It's really good. And you don't have to worry about, like, how many yellow Pikmin do I need, how many red. They just give you your Pikmin to start, and you go. And hopefully no one dies. Just give me Pikmin 2 on on, on the Switch, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> give me the Pikmin give trilogy. Us, give us the GameCube uh, store. Or well, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a whole, whole other episode. That's for a yeah, whole nope. other episode. Oh, man. But, um, uh, Luigi, I, I do want to ask you a question then because we've talked in length now about 1, 2, and a bit of 3. Uh, what is your favorite game in the series then and why? Uh, let's go Pikmin. No, no. You mean hey, uh, Pikmin? 
Or hey Pikmin, yeah, <laughs> not let's go Pikachu. I, I I would like to see a let's go Pikmin just like it just Olimar instead of Pikachu. No one, no self respecting Pikmin fan likes hey Pikmin the best. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> I've never even played it, so <laughs> no, I played the yeah, demo that's, that's and I was like, this is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think it's still uh, uh, Pikmin one. I think nice. each of them have mm. something about them that I uh, that is a strength like i think the the ai in pikmin 2 the pikmin ai specifically is is much improved over mm-hmm. over one where um like they will they will hang around and look for a new thing to do after they are done with the task mm-hmm. um yeah. and in like in pikmin 1 if you throw them at a flower once they free the pellet they just either come back to you or, or or they you know do nothing almost they don't pick it back up <laughs> right and so uh, you have to run really far away from them for them to 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 even think about picking it up so mm. I yeah. yeah there there are certain things I like about each one of them um, three I think is fantastic but I just I just don't like that there's no sea stick the swarm I, I mm. it it uh, infuriates me and <laughs> and um, but yeah, I think going back to the the time limit, the 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 day limit, um, there's just something so perfect about the the setup and just the framing of that game, where mm-hmm. you are you're here to survive, and you've got these guys, and you guys are working together to you know they can't survive without you, you can't survive without them, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you've got to make you know make do with what you with what you've got mm-hmm. and uh figure out how to get out of there yeah it is it is a nice it's a it's a nice story when you think about it you know it's like that that symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. and and learning how to survive it's it's really a survival horror game <laughs> is what i'm <laughs> is what i'm getting it, it at is here very much it is very dark yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that, that's a good choice i i i'm just like you i don't meet a ton of people who like pikmin one over the other pikmin games uh, I had forgotten that they removed the swarm mechanic from Pikmin 3 because up until today, not counting Hey Pikmin, my ranking went 1, 3, 2. Uh, even though it's kind of weird, I do suggest Pikmin 2 over all the other ones to newcomers because it does do so mm-hmm. many so many things better. Like it has the perfect balance of your Pikmin. It's a longer game. It's funny. The dialogue is really well done. I think graphically mm-hmm. it looks about the same as Pikmin 1, but it feels bigger and brighter and the environments feel a bit more fleshed out there's more going on the the worlds actually feel a little bit more alive but that time limit man i can't get over how much i love it and pikmin 3 i feel like it's better than pikmin 2 just because pikmin 2 introduced the multitasking uh element where you're controlling louis Mm -hmm. and you're controlling olimar you can have them both on different ends of the map doing their own thing and swap back and forth the wii u the wii u did that better because they had three characters going on at one time and you had the gamepad as well which was actually helped uh the the multitasking quite a bit as opposed to it helped immensely yeah exactly so you can give them a task from the map exactly and um it, with two, it, it oftentimes ends up being where I will leave uh, Olimar or Louis at the base camp, mm-hmm. and then as I send Pikmin back with resources, I will round them up with the other guy, and then and then head out from there because you can you can multitask, but you're kind of limited to what you can do because the other your other character has to just kind of sit there while exactly. you're, you know. Um, mm-hmm. doing stuff. I, I also think Pikmin 2 is, is quite dark. Uh, it is very much uh, get to work, um, you know, 
you are here to work and toil for the good of 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 the company <laughs> and your boss is back home living under a bridge running from loan sharks it's a good metaphor for kids to or for uh for adults just exiting the the school system like they're just leaving school they're in student <laughs> debt and now they need to sell all their stuff they need to get a job they need to get themselves out of debt so it's a very good metaphor for uh, the student debt crisis in north america right now I like it. <laughs> Neil, I, th- I think it is time for our favorite segment of the day. I think it's time to read the back of the case. What do you think? All right. Sounds good. But first, Victor, hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. Return to the planet of Pikmin. After crash landing on an alien world inhabited by tiny Pikmin, Captain Olimar has returned to his home world to find out that his employer, Hoctate Freight, has been driven to the brink of bankruptcy. Now, Olimar must return to the Pikmin planet with his trusty assistant, Louie, to find valuable treasures in a desperate bid to pay back their company's massive debt. <laughs> Is that... That's... That's actually what it says on the box. Eh? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> there, well, there's, there's a lot more bits underneath yeah. the pictures they include. But but yeah, sure. pretty much it's uh, <laughs> get to work, kids. <laughs> and of course, uh, Neil and I being in Canada, we actually have the rare Canadian version of the artwork for uh, for Pikmin 2. I believe Pikmin 2 is the only game that Canada got a different artwork than the U.S. Usually we get the exact same, but um, we got lucky, I guess. Yeah, yeah Luigi, the... do you have your copy there? What does yours look like? Uh, mine has the uh, Pikmin uh, is Olimar throwing uh, the adorable claymation Pikmin at a crab mm-hmm. that I don't think is even in the game. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Ours is... I like ours. I love the Pikmin yeah. box art. It's it's a same thing, claymated. It looks like it's on a real tree. It probably isn't, but it's... Uh, the five Pikmin here, they're all just hanging out on this tree branch. They're holding on to their berries and their grapes. And the blue Pikmin looked like, looks like he's about to fall down uh, to a horrible death. And none of the Pikmin are helping him. So it's supposed to be that that image, the Canadian artwork image, is supposed to be an homage to the famous picture of uh, construction workers working on the Rockefeller Center. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So I thought that was a little and- cool thing I found out uh, this week. Which, you know, that's America, So, you, but no, ours has to be, like, action. Yeah, that was a classic. I mean, you think of the Kirby games, all the mm. Kirby games in Japan. Uh, Kirby's always looking happy, it's floating, and then, and then in North America, we always get angry Kirby. Give him a I was sword. Gonna say, I was going to say the American k- Pikmin box art reminds me of just the Americans storming Normandy, like, going <laughs> onto the beach, just about to get destroyed by machine gun fire, basically, is what I By that crab. By the crab. By the German crab. In the parking lot. We will fight them on the underground. Yeah, I, I did want to say one other fun little GameCube thing that I have. Um, yeah, and you, and you can't see. I don't. It, it's kind of funny that I have the Pikmin Two box art. I don't have a lot of my cases with me. They're in storage because uh, I keep all of my GameCubes in this little uh, zip up buddy that Ooh, okay. I got from the Nintendo Cube Club. Uh, I don't know Ooh, if you guys know about God. the Cube Club. I think we were too young to, to be yeah. a part of that club. I, don't, I actually don't know. I so wish I knew. <laughs> it, it wasn't like a, a membership or a thing or anything. It was a, I believe it happened in the winter of 2002. Nintendo went on the road to different cities around the U.S. Uh, and oh, yeah. set up uh, for like a couple weeks in you know a, a, a specific location. And you could go online and 
print off a ticket. I don't think it cost any money to to get in, but um, but yeah. So my friend, same same friend Adam, and uh, my aunt who is like eight years older than me. She's kind of like my big sister. She in fact gave yeah. me uh, the reason why I've got a bunch of GameCube cases here is because she gave me all of the uh, her NES, Super Nintendo, sixty four. Uh, GameCube games from when we were younger because um, wow. I grew up playing video games with her and so I've just I just got a box in the last month of just full of stuff that I played as a kid um, <laughs> but the three of us went there and te- got to see a bunch of demos for uh, new GameCube games um, I played Mario Party 4 for the first time there I saw wow. Uh, wow. Wind Waker for the first time there I didn't play it because I, I didn't want to touch it until it was out <laughs> but yeah, it was like this sort of cool, hip, quote unquote, event where Nintendo came to your town with a bunch of uh, new stuff. We got a swag bag, and that's where I got this little mini disc case, and my games have been in there ever since. Wow. And that's why that's I've never amazing. lost a GameCube game, because I lose all my <laughs> other games, my discs. Yeah. The that's discs really cool. Are, they're so tiny. It's basically like uh, the Nintendo Direct, but back in the day when YouTube wasn't a thing <laughs> and the internet was not nearly as... Uh, robust as it is now, companies. I remember specifically like Nerf and Beyblades going to like yes. the X and different fe- like festivals in in Toronto and in Ontario. Uh, video game companies had to do the same thing. They had Space World and they had E3 once or twice a year, but uh, all the other mm-hmm. months of the year they couldn't just put out a video on Twitch or on uh, Twitter and uh, millions of people watch. They had to go to city to city and they had to give out tickets and handouts mm-hmm. and everything. And and that that's how all of these like little pieces of Nintendo's history end up on eBay because people get, you know, salt or they get the gold N64 controllers at a specific event or they get this mm-hmm. little GameCube disc pouch that you got at a, at, at, at a, uh, the cube club and, and things like that. It, Literal direct, literally direct yeah. to you. We're coming to exactly. you. Exactly. Far more special. And you get to come back to school yeah, on Monday really cool. or whatever and tell people, I got to play the new Mario party game or, or yeah. whatever. And it's, it, it's so much more of a personal experience than it is now where we all just kind of sit and watch this direct, which are fun. And it's cool to talk about on podcasts, but mm-hmm. it's not quite the same as going to this place and playing a game months or a year before it even hits the shelves for everyone else to play. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. That's very cool. Send us a picture of that because we would love to see what that actually looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely I'll drop you that. Sweet. But uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate hey, thanks it. Thanks for having me. And this is your time to plug yourself, plug your channels, plug your podcast, everything. Go for it. Okay. Well, uh, we talked about uh, Chat of the Wild. It's a C-H-A-T. Uh, we had some people thought like, who's Chad and why is he wild? <laughs> um yeah, uh, but Chat of the Wild, we, we uh, you know break down a dungeon per episode going through the Zelda series. We're going to start uh, Spirit Tracks uh, early next year. Nice. Um, cool. We're also reviewing the Zelda cartoon show, which we thought was going to be fun and funny, and it is not. <laughs> no. It is a very problematic show, and um, we're going to have to put disclaimers in front of those episodes, man. <laughs> Uh, don't watch that, by the way. Do not watch that show. It's awful <laughs> and uh, very bad for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's a project we're also working on there. Uh, Need for Speed Running. Um, we are doing, you know, basically breaking down a, a different speed game every month. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, two of the GDQ hosts are a part of that, Jay Hobbs and Spike Vegeta. So find Need for Speed Running wherever you find podcasts. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitch and Twitter at Luigi's Apartment, 
and you can find me there playing mostly just lots lots of Nintendo stuff. I just I play a lot of I have other systems lying around here, but nah. I just I love Nintendo. They're they're my babies. So, nice, you know. Yep. Oh, us too. Us too. That's uh, yeah. I mean that's why we have this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, thank you so much again for coming on. We appreciate all your insight into Pikmin the series, and of course Pikmin Two. Uh, could not have done it without you because it would be mostly just Neil talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I don't like Pikmin, I really do like Pikmin, but I have not played it to the extent that you guys have. So this was. Are a you lot guys of fun. playing uh, Pikmin Bloom right now? I have downloaded it. I've played it a little bit. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, Pokemon Go gameplay anymore. It was fun in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, but I, you know, I, I played it a little bit. I, I planted a few Pikmin, and then I, I got them out, and they're like, "Oh, you got this Pikmin from this area," and I was just like, "I don't care." <laughs> so I, I it's, it's a lot more hands off than uh, yeah. Pokemon Go, which I actually appreciate, and uh, my dog appreciates too because yeah. she likes going on long walks, and so it, it really, it just. That's what it's good for. It's just kind of a background. It is. Thing, it is much so. more of a pedometer game than it is like a mm-hmm. Pokemon Go game where you have to go out to events. I I, I understand what you're uh-huh. saying. It is much more of a passive game than Pokemon Go was. Yeah. So that's good. But I would I would prefer Pikmin Four. So <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think but, we all would. <laughs> but, uh, Luigi, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to join us. Yeah. And... Thanks for having me. Love the show. So uh, yeah, keep it up, guys. Absolutely. And we hope to have you back on real soon. Yeah. Thanks again. Take care, man. Bye. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you, Luigi's Apartment, for coming on today and regaling us with all that Pikmin info and knowledge. Uh, We really could not have done this episode without him. Of course, we couldn't have done it without Enemy of the Pod Ramon as well. But, you know, it was great to have both of them on to get their insights, get their uh, feelings. And, uh, yeah, I love talking to other podcasters just about that world and how they got into it. The fact that he was on Retronauts is freaking amazing neil yeah yeah it's it's so weird and amazing when other podcasters get like they grow up they they listen to podcasts they they start their own and then they get to either guest on or be a part of podcasts and collaborate with podcasters that they admire and that they idolize basically it's something that i aspire to do and when we got started two years ago almost like we found podcasters that we wanted to work with and we have uh yeah nothing is no no one as big as retronauts yet but you know we've dabbled with nintendo life and and uh, people who were announcers in in, in nhl stadiums so we're getting there we're getting uh, there yeah if you keep putting out content and keep uh keep consistently uh doing good things people will find it Yep, that's that's my motto for really anything in life, and I that's what I always tell people to, when they're kind of sc- not scared to like start things, but it's just like you know, just if you're consistent, if you're believe in what you're doing, which I think is a big thing with with us mm-hmm. especially, then you can go a long way. But uh, yep, of course, uh, now Neil, we'll talk about. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll talk a little a little more about Pikmin too. I know you have a couple of mm-hmm. uh, of tidbits and Easter eggs in this game, actually. Yeah, there were a few things that I didn't get to talk about there with Luigi's apartment or Ramon since I was standing out in the streets and uh, <laughs> cannot talk to the policemen about Pikmin. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a few Easter eggs that are really neat uh, that you'll find in this game. Uh, number one that I have here is once you uncover all five colors of Pikmin uh, and you take out 20 of each color, the Pikmin will sing or hum the theme song that was used in Japanese commercials for the game. Uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not even going to attempt the name of the song. 
But uh, the song actually was very popular in Japan and was released as a single. And Mike, believe it or not, the the song outsold Pikmin for a while. <laughs> I can believe that. That's not. It's not hard to believe. <laughs> Which is really. Funny. But who who would know? Who would know to do that? What is this Dark Souls? I know. Like, <laughs> I know it's completely random. But there's five Pikmin in the game. You can have a hundred Pikmin at a time. So if you, if you have an even amount of Pikmin, they'll start humming along to the song, which reminds me a lot of Luigi's Mansion, uh, where Luigi hums the theme song to the, the game. Uh, while he's nervous, which is really cute. I lo- that's yeah, one of my favorite things in that for sure. Um, did uh, did you did you? Uh, this is just me remembering things. Did you talk about or do you? Are you going to talk about uh, the opening menu? Uh, oh, yeah. And that uh, little Easter egg. Okay, you got it. You got it. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> first of all, I love the little opening menu screen. Just like mm-hmm. as an aside, I think it's so cute and such a cool way to bring you into Pikmin. Um, with the fact that it's it's Pikmin spelt out in Pikmin 2 spelt out in floral letters, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then as the, that, what do you, whatever you call that thing, the enemy of Pikmin's is, is kind of going across the screen. They disperse yep. and like they're moving around. Uh, that, that's a pretty cool thing in 2004 to do. Yeah, the menu can almost be open at all times and you can treat it like a little aquarium if you wanted to. It's almost like you're yeah. watching a little Pikmin TV show. So if you press the L button, uh, you make the Pikmin uh, come out and they spell, they reform the word Pikmin 2. If you press the R button, the Pikmin do the same thing, except they spell out Nintendo. You can press and hold the Y button to make an iridescent flint beetle appear on the screen. The Pikmin will chase after it, uh, but nothing happens to it. If you hold down R or L, uh, it will leave with the Pikmin. Uh, if you tilt the C-stick in any direction, you can control that flint beetle, uh, which oh is really God. fun. Yeah, it's like they did not need to do that. Uh, you can press the X button and a red ball orb will appear on the screen. Uh, it will make the Pikmin run around and panic <laughs> on the screen. Uh, the, the ball orb will attempt to uh, bite the Pikmin and then go away. Uh, you can also control the ball orb with the C-stick if you wanted to. So, uh, Which is funny because that's kind of the only way you can ever control an enemy in Pikmin. You only ever control Olimar. Yeah who has control over the Pikmin. So in the menu screen, you can control the enemies, which is which is really funny. Yeah, the menu screen is it, like that. There's so much love and care that went into that small, small part of this game, which I think really just illustrates the game itself. Like that, that in a nutshell, what mm-hmm. you just said with the menu mm-hmm. is what Pikmin 2 really is. Yeah, and there's the last Easter egg here, which is incredibly deep. Uh, enter a cave you have not completed yet, then collect all the treasures to complete it. Next, wait on the treasure salvage screen for exactly 3 minutes and 50 seconds, and you will hear Totaka's song. It's a short, simple tune written by Kazumi Totaka, uh, the composer that works for Nintendo. Uh, The song has been hidden in a bunch of Nintendo games that uh, Totaka has worked on ever since it was found in the Super NES game Mario Paint. And actually in 2019, Mike, so just a few years ago, Tataka's song was discovered in a second place in Pikmin 2. If there's no memory card in the system, waiting for 3 minutes and 45 seconds on the save screen that appears when entering a cave or a sublevel will cause Tataka's song to play. How? How how did someone find that? I don't I don't know, Mike. I don't that's, know. That's but... That's crazy. That that reminds me kind of Wave Race with um, yeah. the Easter egg that someone found 10 years after the game came out. That's amazing. <laughs> this is 15 years after the game yeah. came out, which is is completely nuts. Wow. But Pikmin is chock full of Easter eggs, and uh, I love it. I love stuff like this in video games. Yeah. No, me too. Me too. And uh, speaking of video games, Neil, <laughs> yeah. that's my segue here. Sure. <laughs> I, uh, I, of course, have the 1001 video games you must play before you die, which is mm-hmm. one of our favorite books. And they do have Pikmin 2 in this book. So I'd like to read the little segment here. 
Great. Sounds good. Uh, take it away, Mike. What does 1001 Video Games say about Pikmin 2? In the original Pikmin, Captain Olimar, stranded on a distant planet, totally not Earth, and watching his <laughs> life slowly ticking away, enlisted the help of some delightful vegetable people. <laughs> the Pikmin. I've never heard them call that. Call no. that. That's interesting. <laughs> In order to gather up the scattered remains of his spaceship so that he could escape. In Pikmin 2, Olimar is back because his business is in danger of going under and he needs the same Pikmin to help him with his new scheme. All manner of scrap and junk needs to be collected to help him rebuild his fortunes. Pikmin 2 is every bit as charming and cleverly built as the first game, with a handful of extra features to boot. Alongside the new objectives, there are underground cave sections and an option to team up with another captain for multiplayer co-op or challenge games. Two new Pikmin varieties are also in introduced. Both provide more tools for you to mess around with. This is a game that has always done a lot with a little and remains as engaging and lovable as its predecessor. I love that. That's so good. And that's something that we didn't even talk about really quick is the multiplayer mode in, in Pikmin yeah. 2. It was introduced yeah. uh, after Pikmin 1, which is a completely a solo game. Uh, th this game allows you to play with a friend if you want to. Uh, Mike, I, I would love to play this with you at some point, actually, because I have, I have never played. I have never played it. I don't... I obviously like you're my best friend. You don't play Pikmin. I don't have a ton of friends who play Pikmin with me. Maybe I can teach my one of my siblings or my girlfriend to play it, but uh, maybe I should get together and play it with Luigi sometime. But uh, each player starts the match with a multiple of five Pikmin between five and 50. Uh, so each player has a, as many as 50 Pikmin. So you still have 100 on the battlefield. And uh, it, it's a very like passive, uh, like a pacifist battle mode where you're not exactly fighting each other like you would be in a Age of Empires battle mode. Um, but mm -hmm. you each have your own onions and everything. You have your own base. And there's four ways to win. Uh, you can uh, take four yellow marbles back to your onion. Uh, there's a total of seven on the map. There, it's basically a four of seven. So if you collect your four marbles, you win. If you take the opponent's marble from the onion, uh, you win as well. If the opponent suffers Pikmin extinction, which means all of your Pikmin die, you lose. And uh, if your opponent's leader it gets downed, if Basically, Olimar and Louie can pass out like they do in Pokemon. If they die, mm -hmm. the game is over. So you're not exactly fighting each other with your Pikmins. You're sort of interacting with the environment, trying to collect marbles to win. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, I, I would love to try it with you sometime. That'd cool. be fun. Let's do that. Yeah. But <laughs> until we do that, Mike, let's close out this episode like we always do. Where do you see Pikmin going forward? I want to talk about Pikmin 4. What do you want to see in Pikmin 4? Because that's got to happen. Yeah, it, I mean, it will happen eventually. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty pretty certain. And now that Pikmin Bloom has come out, I'm one thousand percent certain that Pikmin Four will come out in the future. Will it come out in the next five years? Maybe. It's hard to say because Pikmin is always kind of being on the back burner for Nintendo. It's always an also ran, which is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, Pikmin Three also obviously having pretty decent sales on the Switch definitely should help. Um, push Pikmin 4 forward but mm -hmm. I think for me I would like to see a Pikmin 4 almost akin to Animal Crossing and what New Horizons was able to do which is creating a completely custom world really where you can modify and add so many different things and I'm thinking not just to the world itself but also just to the settings mm -hmm. you know how close do I want to make this to a Pikmin 1 experience versus how close do I want to make this to a Pikmin 3 experience I would like to see a lot more of that and of course I would like to see a lot of online challenges and, and that world used a lot I think of I think of a uh, Mario Odyssey with the balloon hunt, which was actually mm -hmm. relatively popular uh, for a while there. Yeah, and I think that that format could be used really well in Pikmin Four, 
you know, having these small challenges uh, just online and, and seeing how well people, how, how fast people can go and like, and how fast people can beat you. Um, I don't have specific ideas, I guess, for that because I'm not a Pikmin player, but I, I, I think that I, a format would be a really cool thing to bring to the series. Yeah. It'd be really neat to see Pikmin in their natural habitat, which sounds weird because they're always in their yeah. natural habitat, <laughs> but it's always because Olimar and Louie are using them to, for their for their gain like you you're always using them to fight you're always using them to carry your items you never get to see pikmin interacting in the world almost like pokemon snap how they took pokemon from from the battling and they gave them their own little environments you explore uh something like that like more of like a pikmin exploration game would be kind yeah. of neat it's just that does take a that's not the rts game that uh fans like myself love i actually have two ideas for pikmin 4 that i want to run by you mike Uh, (laughs) idea number one is to tie Pikmin in with other Nintendo franchises, collecting things like from the Mushroom Kingdom. You can go deep and collect things from like old, old Mario games, uh, old Donkey Kong games, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, Metroid, like just put Pikmin in these random areas from other Nintendo franchises and like collect items from them. Kind of like WarioWare, how they were able to kind of throw in all these different Nintendo worlds, but in a Mm -hmm. fun way. Exactly. And I even want, like, I love Pikmin cutscenes and, like, Pikmin short videos, which became very popular in the Wii U era. So mm-hmm. what my idea was here would be, like, let's say you're, uh, you're Pikmin, you're in Peach's Castle, and your objective is to steal Mario's hat or something like that. You steal Mario's hat, you take it back to your planet you're, for your boss to sell or whatever it is. And then that <laughs> cutscene is, like, Mario running around trying to find his hat. He's, like, looking around for it or whatever. It's just stuff like that where it's basically, like, Untitled Goose Game where the Pikmin are kind of, like, just making a mess of the world for everyone like <laughs> like samus can't find like her helmet and she's got to go fight ridley or whatever uh donkey kong can't find his tie because the pikmin took it like just like they just keep screwing with all of the nintendo characters i think that'd be a lot of fun i would like that a lot my second idea here is a uh, time traveling pikmin so it takes a lot Ooh. of the plot from pikmin 2 where uh olimar's scheming boss has this idea to open up a museum and uh, they've upgraded the dolphin, which is Olimar's ship, to uh, have the ability to travel through time. And you and your Pikmin go back to, like, you're going back to Earth. So you're going through the dinosaur times. You're going back to, like, cavemen, Greece, Egypt, World <laughs> War II. And, like, Pikmin are going around, like, stealing things from history and bringing it back to your boss to sell to this museum to open up a museum and everything like that. I think that that could oh, be kind cool. of I think that that could be kind of fun. I just love the thought of like the Pikmin running around on going back to D-Day, like taking shells and stuff from like <laughs> bodies and stuff that are dying. But uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're like taking like dinosaur bones and then eventually it comes up to yeah. present day where you're taking like iPhones cuz you know brands don't matter in Pikmin, Gizmondos. Uh, and then maybe like <laughs> bonus levels, you're going into future cities with like tech that doesn't even exist yet. I don't know. I just thought it'd be kind of fun to like take the Pikmin to further into the past and collect things. I like that. That's a good idea. That's a yeah. good idea. I'm, I'm chock full of good ideas, Mike. So <laughs> do you think that you would suggest that the folks out there pick up Pikmin 2 on GameCube if they're collecting games? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think you said it really well at the beginning of this episode or somewhere in this episode where you <laughs> said that Pikmin 1 is your favorite and same you love Pikmin 3, but you think that Pikmin 2 is probably where someone would start and I would 100% agree with that. So yeah, I think uh, no matter what, if you already have Pikmin 1 or if you don't have Pikmin, you haven't played Pikmin, I think uh, getting the second one is the best way to go. And it's mm-hmm. not insanely pricey. Um, it's it's I, 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 can, I can see this game going up in price eventually i I can't really see it going down in price so i think yeah i think it would be a good recommendation to get this game 
Hundred percent. I think I I definitely agree with you. Subjectively, I like Pikmin better, but I can agree or I can admit that uh, objectively, Pikmin Two is the better game. It improves almost everything from Pikmin One. Really, like it, it's a more yeah. fun game. It's a more fleshed out game. It's longer. You can have you're gonna get your money's worth out of Pikmin Two. You've got two hundred items to collect. There's way more strategy, way more levels to explore. So yeah. highly recommend picking up Pikmin Two. And you're right, it's a it's a good price. It will definitely only go up just because of how little it's sold and how many GameCube enthusiasts there are out there. So if you can pick it up as soon as you can, as soon as possible, and even check out the Wii copies. I've heard that the Wii versions of these games are are also really good. Yeah, except why did it take like three years for the Wii one to come out? I don't it's so know. weird. They had to they had to refi- they had to refigure all of it, right? So they yeah. added the pointer controls, which makes it more like a mouse and keyboard game, uh, which is where R- like an RTS uh, playing on the computer. So hmm. I, much like Resident Evil Four, I've heard some stories where Pikmin on Wii is better than the GameCube version. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. But Mike, well, we're playing Pikmin and Pikmin Two on Wii. Why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect next week on episode seventy-seven of the GameCube Was Cool podcast? Next week is Lord of the Rings games, Neil. Because if you can believe it, we are celebrating twenty years since Fellowship of the Ring first came to theaters in wow. December of two thousand one. Jeez, which is absolutely crazy. Because I that is it's, it's starting to get weird. Because when twenty-year anniversaries come up, I'm starting to vividly remember when that happened. Yeah. And that's hurting me and that's hurting my soul. But uh, <laughs> yes, uh, Lord of the Rings came out 20 years ago uh, next week. And we're going to be talking about the four Lord of the Rings games that there are on the GameCube. Yes, there's uh, the t- two There's the two Towers. There's Return of the King. Uh, there's the Third Age, which is also often regarded as the best or one of the best Lord of the Rings games. And of course, there's The Hobbit, the game that mm. came out in this era before the movie so that's gonna be a whole conversation but uh yeah i'm excited neil yeah i am too i i'm getting scared about the 20 year anniversary thing too like harry potter and the philosopher's stone in theaters just turned 20 as well like, I, don't... I remember going to that yeah i remember when you know getting those movies in blockbuster and my brother going to go see lord of the rings and watching them on vhs and everything so yeah i'm very excited to talk about it uh i i really like lord of the rings it's not my favorite franchise of all time but i'm excited to talk about the books the movies the games uh my sister's boyfriend is really into lord of the rings so i'm sure he'll be listening and uh talking about how wrong i am about so many uh aspects of lord of the rings lore because we talked about bionicle last week and you know that's a very lore heavy franchise i am so scared to talk about lord of the rings because there's so much to talk it's only about. lore it's it's just 100 <laughs> percent lore and and ants and trees and orcs and it's going to be a good time the ants are the trees neil you already messed it up god damn it this is we're <laughs> off to a great start but ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to episode 76 of the gamecube is cool podcast new episode every thursday on all the major podcast services leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better if you want to support the show you can find us on patreon we are the gamecube was cool we have a one dollar and a five dollar a month here then you can follow us for free on instagram we are at the gamecube pod share us with your friends and family tell louis neil says hi thank you so much for the support and we will see you next week see you later bye-bye GameCube. over 600 games you've never heard of GameCube. the product of what happens when you think inside the box GameCube.